welcome back to Candid with Gabby and Emily. Um, for our first topic, I think we should talk about something that's in great importance right now, which is voting. Yes. Which is coming up next week, Tuesday. Yeah. Well, did you vote yet? I didn't. I'm registered for Bloom, so I'm going to do it on campus on Tuesday. Yeah, I dropped my ballot off last week, so I officially voted. First time. <laughs> we love to see it. Yes. I'm wondering I'm... how many people are going to show up to the polls and care. I know. So, like, where do they do it, the one on campus? It's going to be in Care Union. Probably that in one sense. of, like, the um, activity rooms or ballrooms or whatever. Yeah. That's where they had um, some of the local elections. Um, not last year, but my freshman year, I think it was. Mm-hmm. But I'm hope I. I don't know if it's like public to other people to come and vote, like if you're not a student or if it's only for students to come vote. I'm not entirely sure. I'm pretty. I think there's one like in town as well. Yeah, I think the one for like if you just live in town and you're not a student, is pretty sure it's at the fire department. Oh, okay. I think that's the polling place for Bloom. All right. Yeah, I'm going. It's like open from like eight to to like 7 p.m. or something like that. So I'm probably going to go like in the morning closer to 8 and just get in there quick. Yeah. We don't have any people on campus, so. Yeah, I feel like I felt very empowered when I voted. Right? When I dropped my thing in the mail and then I got the email that they got it and it was and it counted, so I was like, yeah. Right. Like I I did that. (laughs) I was with my uh, boyfriend whenever he voted for, he dropped his off. And it's just, cool like seeing the police like sitting by the the ballot box like it's nice to see like they're taking it seriously they're making sure like nobody and from either side is messing with anything or doing anything they're not supposed to yeah because there are places where there are people that are messing with ballot boxes and stuff right and like a lot of people had concern too um with like using the usps because of everything going on so a lot of people want to go directly to the um the ballot box just to yeah. make sure that their their ballot is going where it needs to go, like, without any interruption. Right. I I saw, like, I don't know if it was in California or somewhere, they put, like, a fake ballot box or something? Yes, it was California, I believe, and there's fake ones going, like, outside of churches and other places, you know, mostly, like, Republican areas. And um, I think the FBI was investigating it to see whether this was going to be, like, illegal or illegal or not. I'm not sure what the result of that was. It was, like, a last week or so. But. Crazy. Like, wh- like why? Yeah. Like, just let people vote. Like, why are you trying to ruin the election? Right. Because having them outside of a church and having them outside of, like, these targeted areas where you know only a specific group goes to. And it's not an official ballot box. Like, that, you're just asking for some sort of interference or, like, voter suppression and... Like, it's going to happen, and I I guess that was the whole point, but, yeah. Right. I don't know if it's still being investigated or not. Yeah, I feel like they talk about, like, doing, like, being, like, un-American, or doing things that are un-American, but I feel like that's very, very un-American. Messing with an election is so un Like, everybody has so much pride in this country and in our democracy, but then whenever you try to follow the rules of the freaking democracy people have problems with it, and those same people are the ones that preach and get on people for um, going on one knee during the national anthem. So it's like, that's not patriotic enough for you, but you're willing to vote for somebody that's 
completely like more authoritarian than than like shooting for a democracy. Exactly. And you want to mess with an election, which is supposed to be like the root of our democracy. Right. I feel like that's much like backwards thinking. It doesn't make any sense. Patriotism only works whenever it's in their favor. Exactly. Exactly. If it doesn't meet their agenda, then you're not being patriotic, you're being an asshole. Right. Same thing with, like, oh my gosh, that video of Amy Coney Barrett, where she was, like, being asked what the five freedoms were, and it was just funny to me that the freedom that she forgot was the, uh, the right to protest. Yeah, To assimilate and protest. I thought that was funny that that was the one that she forgot. She's like, oh, yeah, protesting. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I, like, yeah, funny that you don't remember that one. Right. How do you not know the five? Like, you're literally going to be a Supreme Court justice and you don't know the five, like... The five freedoms? Like, I know, like, we are supposed That's to like learn that... That's basic. Like, right, we're supposed to learn that when we're, like, 16, but... In high school, but you're a whole, like, what, 40, 50-year-old woman in the Justice Department and you don't know... <laughs> Right. Like, one of the highest positions in government. You're, she's literally going to be it unless she does something wrong for the rest of her life. Uh, it is just so important to vote with this. Like, it, I keep seeing, too, like, even during Biden's town hall, whenever we were supposed to have that second um, debate, his town hall, I remember there was this one kid, and he was asking, like, what do you have to say, or do you have anything to say to make black voters who don't want to vote in this election or don't think that their vote matters like do you have anything to say to them to make them want to and that question just made me really angry because it's like we are like that our community's feeding into what people want like mm-hmm. they want you to feel like your vote doesn't matter they want you to feel like going out to the polls doesn't make any sense or that you have no say and that's not the truth like if we all went out there and did that we would make a change we would get who we want in office Because everybody thinks that their vote doesn't matter or that nothing's going to happen from one person not going or from one person voting. I mean, one person a million times is a lot of votes that we're not getting. Right. Like, I remember people, like, when they voted in 2016 and then obviously it ended up the way it did with Trump winning, they were like, well, well, I voted last year and and Trump still won, so why am I voting this year? Well, not enough people turned out like they should have. And that's the reason. Mm. That's like, I reason. wish I could have voted in 2016. So right. bad. And, like, obviously, it's more than just us. A lot of other things have um, come to play with it, like electoral college and things like that. Obviously, other things come to play other than just our vote. But if we all go out there and do it, like, if you are able in some way, shape, or form, whether it's a mail-in ballot or it's actually standing in line, if there is some way that you are able to do it, you should do it. Right. Like, we all, like, especially women and, like, POC, it really frustrates me to see that because we, our ancestors, like, our kin literally fought for this. Yeah. Even though it should have been a given right, we had to fight for it, and now we're just taking advantage of it and thinking that it doesn't matter, and it's just, it's sad to see, and it frustrated me when I heard him ask that question, because, like, I, I get it, but at the same time, we're just giving them exactly what they want. Right, they don't want us to vote. Yeah, right, which is exactly what they want. They don't want black people, they don't want women, they don't want Hispanic people, they don't want LGBT, they don't want those misrepresented people to vote because they want to keep the same old white fuddy-duddy people who are power-hungry to stay in office. Exactly. How do you feel about the Electoral College? Um, I don't feel like I know enough about it to talk too much on it, but... 
Yeah. I've definitely read a lot of um, interesting and well thought out, like, articles and and opinions on why they think that it's kind of out of date now or that it's not necessarily yeah. needed anymore. Um, I think there's a lot of things about voting that is a rule and is established that we don't necessarily need anymore. Yeah, I just feel like, to me, like, a popular vote, like, whoever gets the most votes wins just makes much more sense and it's just easier. Right. Like, whoever gets the most votes wins. Like, I don't understand why that's so hard. I agree. To, like, like, if there's, I don't, I don't know how many people are in the U.S. Like, like a lot. Like, let's say, like, six million people vote. And out of that six million, I don't know, four million, five hundred thousand people voted for one candidate. That should be the candidate, obviously, that wins. There should be nothing else. Like, way more than the majority of the people voted for that person. That person should be the one that is then elected. Right. Like, it doesn't make any sense for there to be any other reason why that other candidate that didn't get that many votes wins. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Why do these few people that are, like, like, why do these few, like, government officials have have the deciding factor? Like, then it's kind of like, why did we vote then? Yeah, it's like putting all the power of voting into, like, the bigger states. Which is kind of unfair, too, because half the time those bigger states don't represent everybody that's in those states. Exactly. It represents the the wanted majority versus the not wanted but honestly bigger population of the minority. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like, I've been reading, like, about the Electoral College this year and how it might go and how Texas might end up being blue. Which is crazy because it hasn't been blue since the 70s. That's crazy. So that's like so many elections since I think it was nineteen. It's either 1974 or 1976. I don't. I, if I do the math, wow. I can think about it, but I can't remember. But since it's been that long since this day has been blue, and PA might be blue because 2016 it was red. Which yeah, I, and they've <laughs> been they've been campaigning hard. Both Trump and Biden have really been shooting for PA. Yeah, like Biden's been um been riding the campaign trail all through. Like, the Pittsburgh area, those, like, small towns. Yeah, he went a lot of places in PA. Yeah. I wanted to see him, but he was a little too, like, Pittsburgh's a little far right now to be traveling to, just to... Just to, yeah, just to see him, yeah. Yeah, but he's not too worried about this area, because even driving, like, surprisingly in Bloom, I've been seeing a lot of Biden signs and a lot of, a lot of blue support. So, that's pretty nice. Just in this general area, I've been seeing a good bit of it, like, we were around, um like, Reading this weekend and, like, and like Allentown and stuff, and I've been seeing a lot. So that's, it gives you some sort of hope. Yeah, <laughs> that for PA sure. it might turn out the way we want it to. Yeah, and, like, I think PA is usually, like, a, I feel like it's, like, a toss-up state. Like, I don't know about each, about PA, like, each election enough. I'm pretty sure Obama won PA both times. I, I think so. I'm not entirely sure, though. I know he definitely won it the second time. Yeah, I'm not sure know. about the first. About the first, because I was, like, young, and I didn't really pay attention to anything. Yeah, it was was, was a hot minute. (laughs) So, but I know Trump won PA, and that was, like, really, really big for him as far as winning. Because he won PA, Texas, and I think he won Florida, too. As he should. As he should. Yeah. I just, did you see, um, also, Obama did... I think he spoke at one of Biden's 
um, speeches that he had in PA, and then he also did his own video, and he was, like, super candid about how he felt about mm-hmm. the election, and was, like, straight up just, like, we need to get him out of office. Yeah, and I think was, he went to- It's pretty nice to see. Yeah, I think he went to Philly, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was, it was Philly. like, Philly or somewhere, somewhere near there with Biden. Mm-hmm. It was just, like- and I've been seeing, too, a lot of, like, Republicans for Biden and things like that. Like, it's just nice to see, like, it, I, I, com- I commend them, like, those Republicans that are going against their party. Because I know, especially with Republicans, like, that's probably a difficult decision uh-huh. um, to make that, like, to make that decision to go against it. But, like, it's just really nice to see that they're kind of realizing what is, what is now at stake and what's there. Because I feel like a lot of people, especially those who are Trump supporters, they they look at Trump and they see the things that he's doing and they're fine with it, but they don't think about how it affects their kids or how it affects their aunt or how it affects their neighbor with pre-existing conditions or how it affects their cousin who is gay and yeah. wants to get married or is married or all of the women in their family who now will who has the possibility to lose literally all their reproductive rights. Like, yeah, I just, I feel like these people don't put that in perspective and they only think about how it's going to directly affect them. And it's like, okay, that's great that it might not affect you, but you have all these people that you care about, even just a little bit. Right. That is probably going to directly affect whether you realize it or not. Yeah. Like when you vote, you have to think about more than just yourself and think about like the big picture just of how life could go if you vote certain people into office for four more years. Right. Like, and I think to me, being a Republican and being a Trump supporter is not one and the same to me. No, I feel like there's nothing wrong with being Republican. No, like, I'm not, like, if you tell me you're a Republican, okay, but who did you vote for is my next question. And even if you voted for him in 2016, I also don't necessarily blame you because I know a lot of people who did like him in 2016 whenever he was first elected and then they've since then changed their mind after seeing everything that's transpired the past four years. Yeah, I think he got way worse. Right. Like, I don't even blame you. I think he's been bad forever. I'd never, like, never, if I would have voted in 2016, even though I didn't like Hillary either, I would have voted for Hillary. But, like, he got, it went way left, like, way left, way bad. Way worse than I think anyone could have even imagined. Right, like, I can understand, I can understand the thought process and the decision to do that in 2016. I'm more so focused on, like, if you still support him now, then that's where I draw, like, that's where I'm divided, and that's where I draw the line between you and I, and I kind of, I, I don't want to be around you, or I kind of lose respect for you, because you're, you're supporting someone that is electing these people or supporting these people or having these people work with him that go against the very like go against everything that is me or go against everything that is your friend like it at this point it's not politics anymore it's just you your morals do not align with mine right like we're getting into like human rights right and it's like i mean i guess it's it's easy it's a little bit easier for us to comprehend i guess more because you know we're both black, girl around black, and, like, prevalent in the minority community, we're both women, like, so it's easier to say, like, I understand why this is bad, this affects me, this, like, we can see it very clearly, we have firsthand, like, we've dealt with it firsthand, so I can see the, the, like, distance of other people not being able to, to see it, but I feel like nowadays, with 
the internet and like everything just being right in front of you in your hand. Yeah. Or on your TV screen. It's not entirely hard for you to research and for you to understand or for you to try to understand why people feel the way that they feel. Right. Or ask someone who is a part of those communities. Like, I feel like if you have certain opinions or views, I feel like you should take the time to listen to what, how other people might feel too. Right. Those who that those issues directly affect. Like it's easy to form an opinion about something that you have no you. I mean, you have no. Like it doesn't affect you directly, but if you don't take the time to talk to someone who it does affect, then I feel like you're not researching and you're not taking the time that you should before you form your own opinion. Right, and I think it's not that difficult. Like we do this on a daily basis, where we make decisions, even if they don't affect us. Like if you, it's like it's like. It's like saying, like, oh, I don't support uh, when people clip their dog's ears. You may not have a dog, but you can still think, okay, this is not right. Like, the dog doesn't deserve that. You're not a dog, or maybe you don't own a dog. So it might not directly affect you, but you're still, like, you still hold a stance. There's so many things that you hold stances for or have opinions for and, or, like, disapprove of. And that may not affect you directly, but you still understand that it's wrong. And yeah. you still don't support that people do this or whatever. And it's just like, I don't know. I just don't understand how you can be so far removed to not understand what's happening here. Like, I don't care if you are some 60-year-old white man living in the middle of complete nowhere PA or Alabama or wherever. Like, middle of nowhere. You could you can still... Like, find a little bit of what's going on and try to remove yourself from your own life and put your, put your, put somebody else's shoes on. Like, it's... Yeah. I don't know. I guess I just don't understand it. Yeah, and then I feel like it's also completely okay for you to be like, oh, I don't really know much about this topic, so I'm not going to insert my opinion or make an opinion until I learn more about it. Right, and people, like, I would respect that so much more if... Just be honest and be like, I don't understand this, or I don't know this. And then someone can tell you, or you can look, go look it up, or whatever. But when it comes to this election, like, I don't know. The same way I don't really respect people that vote for Trump, I don't respect you really either if you don't vote. Right, me either. Because this is literally going to affect us. Like, yep. Like, within a matter of a few months to a year, it's going to affect us. Like, I... I'm trying to get, like, an IUD in within the next two months before I no longer have rights to do that. So, exactly. like, I'm, it's sad that I have to, like, I'm trying to quickly make appointments with my gynecologist to make sure that my insurance doesn't take away funding my contraceptives. Like, and then yeah. I have to do that because, you know, God forbid I get pregnant, I can't go get an abortion because, you know, Amy Coney Barrett wants to freaking give me the death penalty if I decide to get one. Like, exactly, like. The fact that Trump hasn't even, like, he hasn't even gotten reelected or left office yet, and things like that are already happening. Like, right. a new Supreme Court justice who is extremely conservative. Like, she literally left that open to debate of whether a woman should be given the death penalty for having an abortion. You're so pro- pro-life that you're fine with murdering somebody who's already born alive. How is that pro-life? 
How is that pro-life? You, you're you pro-birth. You care about the child that's in the room, and then the second that it's born, you don't give a crap about it unless it fits your agenda. If it is not white, if it is not doing enough for society, if it is not making enough money, if it is not being one of your pawns, then you don't care about it after it is born. Exactly. And it's so, like, the fact that, first of all, I don't think Trump should have been able to even choose someone to be in the Supreme Court when he literally could be leaving office in two or three months. Absolutely. And there was a few Republicans that voted against it, too, because they agreed that they... It's way, like, we should not be voting in a new justice right before an election. Like, we should be waiting until, to see who wins and then go from there. And I don't understand that because Obama, when um, Scalia died, he was, like, what, like, six, seven months away from election? Yeah. From election season, and he couldn't even vote somebody in. He couldn't even appoint a justice. They would not let him do it. Right. So, like, so we had to wait until the re-election. I don't understand, because, like, even if, if Trump got reelected, then he picks someone, okay, he's going to be there for the next four years, I understand that. But how are you going to be able to elect someone for a lifelong position when you can only possibly be president for four more years? How do you even have the right to do that? How is that even, like, moral or ethical? I don't get it. Like, it would be one thing if it was months ahead of the election, or months before the election. Yeah. All right, I still find a problem with that because, you know, Obama was turned down for that, and I, I, I know the reason why. Because they thought he was going to try and pack the court. But here right. here it is. The same Again. thing is happening, but with Republicans. It's, and it's a conservative majority now. Yeah. Really, I think it's like six to three? I think so. And it's so, like, it's almost, like, disheartening for us to go for from Ruth Bader Ginsburg to her. It's, it's... It's so disheartening. It's so shameful and such a disgrace and dishonor to RBG. Like, for what she's fought for, for what she stood for, especially when it comes to, like, women's rights and everything. How, like, all the things that she did for women and then to have this, this disgrace of a woman who is still stuck in the 50s to come into this position and probably wreck everything that she's worked for. It's just really, really sad. Like, she has this 50s housewife mindset. And I just find it funny that she's even a justice. Like, you think like that, but yet you have a job. Yeah. With as much power as you do. Doesn't that go against your very mindset? So you're allowed to break that. But the rest of us have to sit at home and make our man sandwiches. Right. It's... This is just so bad. Like, I have no other word for it. It's just so bad. The way that they're going to reverse Roe v. Wade, like, I, Oh, my God. The way that they're going to reverse it, like, I don't even know how to feel. Like, everyone, everyone's just, like, so screwed. Like, and the whole pre-existing conditions thing, like, I keep thinking about it. Like, all the people that are going to be affected. Like, I'm in therapy trying to seek um, medicinal help. And, like... If I were to go that route, there I have a pre-existing condition. And so many other people beyond mental health, physical too, like all these things, like all these people that are going to be affected and the possibility of being denied proper health care right. without losing their life savings. Mm. Like, I don't understand how we're supposed to do it. Like, my boyfriend has several 
like he takes several different medications and pre-existing conditions what are you supposed to do with that like if 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 it gets taken away and you no longer have access to insurance are you supposed to pay nine hundred dollars a month for your medicine that's crazy and that's so wrong who in their right mind can can afford like what average american can afford that not like the way like the way it works as far as like people that work for minimum wage or a little bit above a minimum wage. There's no way you can afford that. And then, like, college kids and stuff like that would be screwed over because they could get... Because right now, with under Obamacare, you can be up to 26 and be on your parents' insurance. But yep. Trump doesn't even have a plan for a new health care plan, but that's besides the point. If they get rid of Obamacare, they could easily make the cutoffs um, age 18, and then what, are the rest of us supposed to just magically find insurance? Half of us are working part-time jobs if we're working at all, and most yeah. companies don't offer a health um, health insurance plan for ha- for part-time employees. You have to be full-time. Right. Like, I don't know what I would do. Like, It leaves so many people in just such a just sucky situation. Yeah. And you know what's going to come with that, though? What comes with lowering the uh, the age you can be on your parents' insurance, like pre-existing conditions, all that, all those things, all that's going to do is drive this generation. Like, it's going to, it's going to increase the poverty line. It's going to increase the amount of people who are addicted to different drugs and alcohol. It's going to increase suicide rates. It's, like, like, all these people are, like, dealing with physical or mental problems, and they can't get any sort of health care. Are they just supposed to live their lives miserable? It's like they're You already know what's going to happen. Yeah, like, you already know what's going to happen. And it's like, nobody cares. They're just like, well, whatever. This is what it is. You just gotta deal with it. Right, like, if you're already, like, mentally ill, severely depressed, and suicidal, and you're on medications that are mellowing you out and helping you... And then all of a sudden you can't have that anymore. You're stopping at cold turkey. What do you think is going to happen? Right. Or somebody, a 22-year-old who's battling cancer and going through chemo. It's only stage two, so they can probably get rid of it before it gets too bad. All of a sudden their health insurance doesn't cover it anymore. They don't have health insurance anymore. They don't have $15,000 for every chemotherapy session. So next thing you know, they have to stop that. Their cancer worsens, and they're on their deathbed and they have two weeks left to live. Like, what... What are you supposed to do? Like, it's setting us up for failure. Yeah, and then, like, when I think about, like, abortion and contraceptives and stuff like that, like, I read that basically they're trying to equate using contraceptives and abortion is the same thing. Yeah, like, I'm sorry. What? Like, the fact that you don't want to get pregnant, like... So what, is a man masturbating now? Is that is that abortion as well? Because he's not using his his semen to impregnate a woman. So masturbation is illegal now. You're killing innocent babies. It makes no sense. But like, they're see, basically saying that all a woman is is a vessel to have children. Right, but this is also the same generation that would slut-shame us in school and tell us that abstinence is key and if you have sex, you'll die. <laughs> and that you shouldn't be having kids and blah, blah, blah. God forbid we talk about the ways to not get pregnant and to prevent pregnancy and prevent STDs and STIs to keep us safe because we already have an abundance of children in foster care who are treated poorly and they're thrown out on their own at 18. And what do they do? Commit crimes, start using drugs, 
develop all these problems and then they're not no longer functioning members of society and then everybody dogs on them they're in jails they're filling up jails it, and they want to exactly. talk about us being lazy you're giving us you're not giving us an outlet to do good you're not providing us with anything you screwed everything up whenever you were younger and now we're left with the scraps right and like i don't i don't know if this is like a foreign concept to like people that are against abortion or want like women not to have contraceptives or whatever but there are women out there that just simply don't want to be don't want to have kids like it's possible to not want kids and that's okay and just because and you don't like want to have like, kids like just because you don't want to have kids that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be able to have sex like exactly. i mean and it's like it's not like i can just go to the doctor and be like i want a hysterectomy because guess what Doctors won't t- tie your tubes. They won't give you a hysterectomy. They won't do anything to permanently get rid of the ability to have children unless you've had a kid or two or you have a health reason. If you just, if you just go in there saying, hey, I don't want to have kids and I don't want to take birth control, can you, t- can you get my tubes tied? They will not do it. And no matter what, like, I think you have to be, like, I think it's to be, like, like, 40s maybe. Either that, have a health condition, or, like, have had one or two kids already for a doctor to do that. And it's, like, I I get maybe the reasoning of, like, oh, well, what if you, like, regret it later on? But that's your decision. Yeah. And I get there's a possibility of you regretting it later on, but it's, like, but then you have the ability to still go and get donors or have a surrogate or adopt. Like, there's still options rather right. than... Excuse me, having an unwanted child and throwing it into the foster system. Yeah, I just don't understand how they can make legislation over someone's body and what they do with it. And it just doesn't make sense to me how that's even a part of something that the government is able to do. There's just so many, like, conditional conditional circumstances that these laws or these opinions or these ideals for these topics don't fit because not everything is black and white. There are so many different reasons why people make these different decisions regarding children and regarding their bodies that you can't just say plain right out, this is wrong or this is good. Like there are so many things in this gray area that, that matter and it's in jeopardy. Yeah, and, like, the majority of the people that make these decisions are men. Right. Like, which you don't even understand. doesn't make sense. You don't carry a child. You don't, like, you have nothing. All you do is you fertilize, and then that's it. And you don't even the have to be in the woman or the child's life anymore. And it's like, if you're going to make that whole thing where abortion is illegal, then you need to make sure that deadbeat fathers is illegal. That father exactly. has to be in their life. That father has to be doing something for that child. Because if I'm going to be forced to carry a child I do not want then the person that impregnated me should not be allowed to leave. Because exactly. that is not that is not okay. And it's very unfair. And, like, I've been reading how they want to make, make abortion illegal for any circumstances, even rape and incest. To and, then, to, and, and that to, just puts the baby in trouble, too. Especially exactly. with, like, incest and stuff. Like... Or, like, some women have abortions because, like, they, the doctor knows that the baby's going to be a stillborn. Or sometimes you need an abortion because the baby is already dead inside of you, but you haven't quite had a miscarriage. Like, there's so many different, like, situations where people will have an abortion, and it's not because they want to, just something is happening to where they need one. And exactly. it comes, and it's, like, it's going to affect the woman's health. 
or the baby's health or both. And it's just like, why force? I think I read a story and it was like a mother. I don't know what state she was in and I don't know how long ago this was, but a mother was um, pregnant and she wanted the child. It was like, I think they were a married couple. She wanted the child. They wanted the child. And something had happened to where the kid, the doctor found out that the kid was going to be a stillborn. And instead of having to make her go through labor and childbirth just to push out a dead baby, they were going to do an emergency abortion on her, which it was extremely late. So obviously this is conditional. Like, I don't think it's right to have an abortion that late just because. Oh, yeah, definitely Like, that is wrong. I believe it should be near the beginning stages when it's not a living thing yet. So, that, I agree, should not happen unless situations like this where it's pressing. But, um, I don't, I think it was, like, it, she wasn't allowed to or she was going to get in trouble if she had the abortion. So, she had to give birth to a dead child. Mm. Like, can you, and it put her health at risk, too. Like, can you imagine the trauma? Oh, like. Mm. And the, the physical effects? Yeah, the fact that you would want to even make a woman go through something like that just to further push your agenda like the the main argument is where the line is between people that are pro-choice and pro-life is when is a life a life if you're on one side you believe a life is a life as soon as you have sex and the egg is fertilized and you're pregnant that's a life and then on the pro-choice side you believe is a life is a life at a certain point so like that's where the line is and to me like if you are against abortion okay and they have certain reasons like religious reasons okay i understand but if that's how you feel then you don't have to have an abortion if you get pregnant right but how are you going to tell me i can't have one if i if i choose to have one and if that's how you're going to feel then there needs like if that's if that's what it's going to turn to where no one can get abortions then they need to find something that is going to improve the way these foster care or these foster systems are mm-hmm. and either like ain't like either make the conditions better make sure cuz like the amount of children that are abused in their foster homes and that are just when they turn 18 just kicked on the street left with nothing like there needs to be better system with that and there needs to be different like organizations and Ways to help these kids, one, not be traumatized when they're, like, six because they're being molested by their foster dad. But also to the point where, like, they're not just being thrown out with, with, no, with no money, with no education, with, without anything at their fingertips to help them. Yeah. Like, there's, there needs to be things with that. But at the same time, if I don't want a kid and I have to carry it to term, there needs to, are you going to help me? Are you going to give me funding to take care of this child? Are exactly. you going to hold the father accountable if he decides to walk out of me and the child's life? Are you going to... Like, there's so many different things that come into play with this because, like we keep saying, they care about the birth, but they don't care about the child or the mother after it is born. Yeah. Like, I... When I was... When I was younger, I used to think, like, I would... Because I've always been pro-choice. Even, like, growing up in church and stuff, I never understood... I didn't understand the pro-life side. I didn't understand how can force a woman to have a child if they don't want to have a child right so i grew up around all pro-life people so when i well my first semester at school when i went to iup we had to write like an essay of like of a controversial topic and then pick a side so i chose to write it about pro-choice and why i believe pro-choice is i mean not that it's the right side but that's what i agree with 
And my professor was pro-life. And it was this 10-page essay. I worked really, really hard on it. And I was, like, scared to show it to him because I'm like, okay, like, is he going to attack me because we have different views? I don't know what's going to happen. So I meet with him, and I show him the essay. And he says, Gabby, he's like, this is one of the best written essays in the class. And even though I don't agree with you, I understand your side and I understand your points. See, it's just, like, to me, it's just taking the time to understand where people are coming from instead mm-hmm. of just attacking them and being like, oh, like, you want to kill babies, you want to do this, you want to do that. No. That's not my point. My point is, a woman should not be forced to have a child if she does not want to have a child. And then I give the reasons why I believe that. That's, I wish more people were like that, because I, um, I said this before in another conversation, and I feel like it's, it's a good, it's a good, like, a good way to think. Like, you can't change the way someone thinks, but we can change the way someone acts on that thought you yeah. can you we obviously can't change how what someone believes in and what someone thinks to an extent i can't change i can't necessarily change how my racist neighbor is i can't change that they don't they don't like or they have prejudices against other colors or different races and things like that i can't change that but as long as you're respectful and you're not acting on it, and you're not doing things to harm anybody in any way, you know what? Think what you want. But as long as you're not hurtling other people from getting what they need to get done and keeping them for where they would like to go, you know what? At that point, it's just kind of like, what else can you do? Yeah. But it's just all about, like, obviously we're all going to have our own opinion. We are all our own individual selves. But people should not be able to act on those as freely as we've been letting, especially when it comes to the, like, humanity and, like, the health of others. It's just not right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it all goes back to, like, what you said in the beginning. Like, it's not a black and white issue. Like, it's not, like, you're pro-choice, you're pro-life, and there's only two sides, there's no middle. Like, because I know people that are pro-choice in the sense that they believe, like, rape, incest, those situations... You should be able to have an abortion if you want one, but they believe if you have consensual sex with somebody and you get pregnant, then you should have the baby. I know people that believe that, and I know people that are pro-choice in every aspect, so I feel like there's so many different sides. Right. It's taking the time to listen to all the other sides. Obviously, for this situation, you obviously can have your own opinion, but it's when you demonize someone for having a different opinion than you. Right. And like I said, I it's... You know what, it comes to the point where it's like, whatever, if you have a different opinion than me, to an extent. But it's like, are you are you forcing that opinion on others when it's hurting others? Are you acting on it in the way where you're harming other people? Like, are you, are you purposely doing things out of spite? Like, it comes down to that. Yeah. Like, you might not believe in abortion, but if you find out that a woman at your church had one... Are you, are you going to start gossiping about her and leaving notes at her door, calling her names and, like, making her fear for her life? Like, because I read, um, there was an article about that not that long ago, too. This woman, um, this woman was not doing well in her pregnancy. Like, her health was in risk. And, um, her and her husband had come to the conclusion to get an abortion. And they had not done it yet, but their church had found out. And, um, basically the whole church started shunning her and, like, 
making her seem like she was this awful demon trying to kill her child and all these other things. See, so she then changed her mind and decided to not have an abortion, and she died giving birth. And that's when it's too far, and you need to check your mindset and right. your part of your life. And now the husband lost both his wife and his child. Like, <laughs> and it was it was so petty too. Oh my God, the church held a memorial service for her, and like it was just such like I can't stand fake Christianity, like, I can't, I can't stand fake Christians, like, who pick and choose what works for them, pick and choose what in the Bible is correct and what's not, and they use that for their, like, you realize that, like, drinking too much is a sin, you shouldn't be having tattoos, you shouldn't be doing all these other things that you do in your everyday life, but you pick and choose different things that other people do, like, having, like, being gay, or having an abortion, or whatever, like, you pick and choose these other things that you don't agree with, but you do other yes. things in the Bible that are considered sins as well. Yes. You can't so cherry if, pick what you want. Right, like, if you're saying, like, okay, I follow the Bible, I'm a good Christian, okay, then let's follow the Bible, like you said, let's go by every single thing that is wrong in the Bible, and does your life actually reflect that? No, it doesn't. Nobody is the perfect Christian. Nobody, like, I don't know one person that sits there and is perfect and doesn't do anything wrong or do things that according to the bible and according to what they believe is wrong and the whole point of like christianity and religion in general is to have a community and for forgiveness and to have people that understand you and will accept you for who you are and allow you to form growth and it's like that's not what happens in a lot of especially and it's just so sad because christian like true christians like those who are Christians because they believe in that, like, everybody, everybody deserves, like, everybody deserves the same thing, and everybody deserves to not be judged and to come as they are. People who truly believe that, I respect, and I will uh -huh. never judge you for that, but it's the people that will use their religion to defend their, their terrible actions and their views and their hate, like, I'm sorry, but you being homophobic is not protected by Jesus. It really isn't. Not at all. I'm sorry, it's not. Your hatred towards them, your hatred towards that that community is not justified. Nope. You're literally going against every like the whole meaning of that religion. Yep. It's just it's just so it's very frustrating. It's really it's just really upsetting. It it really really is. Um, I guess it's not really lighter. But it's something that came out about a day or two ago. Adele was in an SNL skit, and it was about um, African tourism. Um, and the SNL skit was, uh, it was three white women, Adele being one of them. And they were just kind of like, it was almost like an ad to like vacation in Africa. Um, and it was just talking a lot about like, the tall tribe men, and it had a whole bunch of, like, black men walking in the background with these white women, like, holding hands and stuff, and, um, if anything to me, it kind of, and at the end it was, like, Africa, the destination for newly divorcees and stuff like that, and if anything, I feel like that, it was making fun of the white women <laughs> who go to Africa to fetishize black men, and, like, they're kind of highlighting that that's a problem, I felt like, at least, that's how I interpreted it. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people found it to be very insensitive and, like, tone-deaf to um, everything happening in Africa right now.
Yeah, I feel like I can see both sides. Mm-hmm. Like, when I, I, I honestly didn't even know about this until he told me because I saw, like, that Adele was, like, trending on Twitter, like, a few days ago. And honestly, I didn't even click on it because I'm not really, like, I, like, Adele, like, I listen to her music, like, the stuff that comes on the radio. Like, I'm not, like, a huge Adele fan. So I didn't even click on, click on it. So I guess that's probably what they were talking about. But... I get, like, I think I get both sides. I get how, like, with what's going on in Africa, how it could be seen as tone deaf. But I feel like their intention wasn't to be derogatory towards black people or towards African people. Right. Like, like I, I said, I felt like it was that. more geared towards making fun of the white women that do that. Yeah. Like, they, they come to a whole continent just to fetish, fetishize the people there and take advantage of what they have to offer. And, like, I, I definitely understand both sides, because there's a lot going on over there with, like, NSARS and everything. So, I understand the current climate isn't really, um, isn't really ready for, for some, for some satirical jokes like that. But it was still, it was still shedding light on a subject that is kind of a problem. Just obviously in a community. That's what SNL does. Like that's what they're known for. They're 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 edgy. They're taboo. It it hits you in the face, but it's true. Yeah. So I didn't find a problem with it, but I kind of understand where some people were coming from. Yeah, I feel like it's the type of situation I understand like both sides. I understand why people could take offense and why they did take offense and why people what uh, how what the intention was and what they meant to do. Right. Yeah, it's... So I get both sides, but... Very, very interesting, though. Um, she did yeah, one for like The I... Bachelor, too, and I thought that was pretty good. I thought she... I mean, I watched, like, clips of it, just because they were on Twitter. And I thought she, I thought she did, she did kind of good as a host. Yeah, I was kind of... I liked it. And she, like, kept breaking character and laughing and things, and it just made it more funny. Like, it... Um, I liked her little monologue, too, um, in the beginning before... Beforehand, and... I don't know, I hadn't heard her speak in a while, and, like, I haven't really seen her on anything in a hot minute, so it was kind of nice to, like, I don't know, get that side of her again, other than, like, when she's trending for wearing, what was it, like, Brazilian? Oh, she had yeah. a Was she had, like, a parade in Brazil or something with the, yeah. with the Bantu knots? So, you know, yeah. other than seeing that. <laughs> yeah, that was a huge controversy as well. Yes, I remember. Oh my gosh, Adele. Um, but for our last topic, we have, I found this interesting article on, um, pandemic depression, meeting seasonal depression, because as we all know, we're meeting, coming into the winter months, um, all the holidays, right, where a lot of people suffer from seasonal depression around this time, um, and the article was pretty nice, it was kind of just like, Talking about um, this specifically, this one woman's story about how she had suffered and dealt with the depression for a while, and when the pandemic hit, um, she didn't feel it right away. She kind of like, you know, gave herself a lot of work to do, a lot of tasks, was really busy just to keep herself busy, and then it started to hit her like, okay, I'm not okay. I'm not doing as well as I thought, and I know a lot of people, even who haven't suffered with depression in the past, are kind of falling into that, which. It's easy to do, like, you're stuck in the house or you can't really go anywhere and it's, it's, un- you don't really know what's going to happen. 
none of us know what's going to happen. It's really unprecedented times right now. Yeah. So, um, it was kind of talking about how to handle that leading into if you suffer from seasonal depression, which I'm sure is going to be difficult because now that we're all, we're still stuck inside and we're still kind of isolated, especially if you're like in school with this weird situation of online. And then on top of that, you're, it's dark all the time and it's gloomy all the time and it's cold and that's not helping. You can't see your family and all this other stuff. Like, yeah, like personally, like I don't suffer from seasonal depression, but I definitely had a situation, like I felt depression during this like pandemic because Mm -hmm. like I'm very, like I like being by myself. Like, a lot of people, like, they need to be around people all the time. I personally don't. But I don't, I didn't know how much, I I thought I liked being by myself, which I do. But it really hit me that, like, I'd like to be by myself, but I like to know that I still can see people when I want to see them. Right. So, like, during this pandemic, that was kind of, like, broken. I couldn't do that anymore. So, I was by myself. And, like, all I had to look at was social media. So, I'm on social media every day. And I'm realizing how toxic it really can be and how much it really can destroy your self-esteem. And, when I, like, the app I'm most talking about is Instagram. Mm-hmm. Like, Instagram, I really honestly don't like it. Like, I really, really don't. Like, I, last month, I had, I really, I just reactivated my Instagram, like, two days ago. I literally had it deactivated for a whole month. And wow. it was just something that I need to do. Like, I did a social media break for, like, a week. And then I got back on Instagram, and I realized, like, it wasn't enough time. And I needed more time. So I deactivated for a whole month. And honestly, the only reason I reactivated it again was so my account wouldn't get deleted. Because <laughs> I read that the longer you deactivate it, the more likely it is you won't be able to get back in. And which, even though I don't really like Instagram, I still like, I mean, I don't want to delete it. Like, I'm not at that point. So... I think, honestly, taking that month off helped me a lot. And I think, honestly, probably I might take... I might have it for maybe this month or for, like, another, like, two weeks, and then I might deactivate it again. I just realized it's, like, something that I don't really, like, need in my life. So I think if there's, like, certain, like, social media aspects of your life or just other things that are, like, hindering you or you don't need in your life, I would say, like, distance yourself from them. Because I feel like that can really help you if you're going through a seasonal depression or pan- or depression during this pandemic. Right. There's a lot of things, too, where um, the article is saying, like, you know, find some of your triggers, like, try to keep track of, like, whenever you have really, really depressed moods or panic attacks that are, like, very noticeable, try to write down or note, like, in your phone or whatever, like, what was happening right before it happened and see if you can find, like, a common denominator of, like, what kind of triggers it so you can try to avoid it or work on it, which I thought was a really good idea. Um, just in general, even outside of seasonal and pandemic depression, like, just in general, if we suffer with that stuff, that seems like a really good idea. Um, and then there's other things, like, you know, stay connected with, like, friends and family that you can't see and find new hobbies, you know. The normal yeah. things that people tell you to do when you're stuck inside, but I guess try a little bit harder with it now. I don't know. It's it's definitely going to be a struggle for a lot of people, even those who don't normally suffer from it. It's it's going to get a little harder once it gets colder, especially because you can't like go social distance outside when it's yeah. cold because you don't want to be outside. 
Right. I think the friends and family one is really important Mm -hmm. because I feel like when people go through things sometimes, and I'm guilty of this too, I I feel like I'm like annoying people when I tell them about my problems and I feel like they're like oh, I feel like in even though they're not going like this I feel like in their head like oh my god here goes Gabby again talking yeah. about this, this shit again but like I now that I've like talked to people because like I asked all my friends I'm like, I'm like am I annoying you like when I talk about my problems and they're like Gabby no like if you have a problem you can always tell me I'm like okay okay right and I feel like that's a, that's a misconception because I think as a young age too we were always kind of like forced to to get to get over it and Mm-hmm. to be like oh you're being so negative all you do is complain you're just complaining all this generation does is complain and be lazy and it's like well no we're actually like we're fed all this bull crap and we're we're struggling with all these different things and we need these outlets yeah. we need people to talk to we need to be able to if, if you want to call it complaining you can call it complaining but we need to be able to do it right so having those support systems are definitely helpful to yeah. at least talk it out. Like, I would definitely, like, I have, I would definitely rather you tell me what's going on with you, and I'd rather talk to you for hours and hours and hours than you keep it to yourself, and something happened to you, and, or you do something to yourself, and then I can't, and then you, I, mean, I would much rather you talk to me than that, than for that to happen. Right, and then, like, so. then your friends or you are stuck there wondering, like, man, I wish I would have known, or... Exactly. What I could have done to help them, things like that. Like, and it's not saying, and it's not saying like, oh, it's selfish for you to feel that way or for you to do that because it's not. I don't feel like it is, but it's definitely one of those like, consider that, like, consider that you should try because you you might just get what you're looking for. Exactly. I think once you like break through the barrier and like talk to like one person or find, like, that one person you really can count on to talk to, I feel like it's easier to open up about what you're going through to more people. I feel like you just need to break through and at least talk to just one person. Right. And once you hit, like, the one person, you're like, okay, well, they know what's going on, so this is a little easier. Maybe I can tell somebody else and see how they feel and how they can help me and stuff like that. I agree with you. And definitely, um, as well, like, online therapy. I do that right now um, just because I started it over the pandemic, so that's what I've been doing since, and that's definitely helpful because, you know, you don't have to actually go there, it's over, a fa- like, FaceTime, so you don't even have to show your face if that makes you feel better, and you're speaking with a licensed, a licensed and, like, educated therapist or psychologist or whatever, and it's, like, on your time, so I feel like that's also a definitely, definitely a useful um, resource to try and do during this too yeah i think therapy can be a great like a great tool like i feel like everyone should at least try it right even if you don't think you have something wrong just you everybody has things to talk about though like everybody goes through stuff yeah i think some people just like on that resort to like oh therapy's not gonna be for me i'm not gonna like it so i'm not even gonna try it well like i would say like at least like make the effort to try right it might not work for you, and you might feel like, oh, like, I feel like I'm not getting any better or anything. Okay, that's, but at least you tried it, and then you can try to do something different the next time. Right. Like, it's all but about giving it a shot. But, um, that's all we have for today, and hope everyone's doing all right, especially with the, uh, funky times that we're in. Right. <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> 
but especially these college students because I know that this is a struggle. Yes, I feel for you all, but we feel you. <laughs> but thank you for being candid with us, and we'll see you next week.